This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Right on each side, Warren right and Johnson left. Turns, Singleton right side, follows the block of Dinkins into the end zone. Touchdown, Penn State. And the Nittany Lions for the second consecutive week score on their opening drive. Allen, the running back to the right of Aller. It's going to be Catron left side, up the middle, into the end zone. Touchdown, Penn State. Catron Allen's first touchdown of the season, the 12th of his career. And the Nittany Lions do the expected and build their lead off a 37-yard drive. High snap. Takes it, Singleton picks his way through. Touchdown, Penn State. The Nittany Lions are three for three on the day. Takes the snap, gives it to Singleton. Right side, walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Penn State. The Nittany Lions are four for four and take a 27-7 lead. From the two far ash, Drew wants to throw it. Delivers over the middle. Caught, touchdown, Penn State. Tyler Warren on the quick slant, and that ball was delivered perfectly. Deep formation now at third and goal at the one. Quarterback sneak, Aller, the big man, pushes the pile forward and into the end zone. Touchdown, Penn State. Now they'll shift Yarns to the far side. He'll get it. Yarns through the hole. Yarns breaks the tackle, gets out to third. Fumble the football, picked up by K.J. Winston, and Penn State has it at the 31-yard line. Setting up at the backfield, Warren. It's going to be Bo near side, blocked from Warren into the end zone. Touchdown, Penn State. Bo Prabula, his second rushing touchdown this season. Terrific block and open field by Tyler Warren, and the Nittany Lions build the lead. For good yardage. Marker rolls left, he throws for us, an intercepted, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Penn State, Dominic DeLuca. Evans in motion away from us. Prabula rolls right, looks in the end zone, fires, caught, touchdown, Penn State, Amari Evans. Bo Prabula's first career touchdown pass, the second touchdown reception of Amari Evans' career, and Penn State breaks 60. Holdsworth again, right side, and dragged down from behind at the 26, and that'll do it. Penn State, the prohibitive favorite, was expected to win big today. They have done the expected. They beat Delaware the final 63-7 and now get ready for Big Ten play next Saturday at Memorial Stadium in Champaign when they take on Illinois at noon. And again, indeed, the game is at noon. Uh, 10.30 will be the airtime on Eagle 107. Big Ten opener, Illinois comes in at 1-1 one and one on the season. Uh, you always have to really go to a coach in something like that and ask them directly, hey, look, you know, did you get better from week one? Because sometimes with the naked eye, I mean, you see the execution, it's really good. You see the number of players that get in, they kept the standard apparently high. They didn't turn the ball over again. They had a few more penalties that, you know, you've got to clean that up. But sometimes based on the opponent, from week one to week two, were you better? And I need the eye of a coach to tell me that. And James, you know, and that was the first question we asked. He said, yes, there's no question in his mind that they got better from week one to week two. And it showed in a game like that. Uh, They were expected to win big. They did the expected except for the one play by Yarns that went 66 yards. They really, for the most part, stayed away from big mistakes. They made good choices. Uh, And, look, 
it's okay in a situation like that to do the expected. When you have an outmanned opponent, you do have to, you know, really, you have to ask the coaching staff, okay, you know what you're looking for in terms of performance. You know what you're looking for in terms of the goals you set, number of missed tackles, uh, number of turnovers, number of uh, takeaways, you know, things like that. Um, there are certain standards and benchmarks that you want your team to meet, and you you know, and they know that internally. That's why you asked them, and James was emphatic that they got better from week one to week two. Now they've got their first road test. It's in the Big Ten. It's against Illinois on um, Saturday at noon, and we're on beginning at ten thirty. Uh, before we get to Matt's gripes for the weekend, of which there are many, um, some of them are personal, some are about sports. What? I just thought I'd mention that. Um, I want to I want to get to Mel Tucker briefly, and it's not about Mel Tucker per se, because I think the facts pretty much speak for themselves. Uh, and. The fact that Mel Tucker is telling you it's consensual uh, means he admits that he's in all likelihood did the things he's accused of. It's just he's saying that you know, she was okay with it. Well, obviously it wasn't. She filed a report. Well, it came out over the weekend. My problem is with Michigan State on this because I think the Mel Tucker situation is obvious. Um. They found out about this when she filed a report in December, late December. So it's somewhere around, you know, Christmas, just before Christmas, maybe between Christmas and New Year's. But that's when they found out. She went through the process and filed a report. And then they brought in a third party to investigate. No offense, but... It's talk to him, talk to her, ask her, hey, is it, can anybody corroborate what you're talking about here in terms of, like, did you tell somebody else? You know, can we talk to them? Great. Well, yeah, she told me this happened, this happened, this, she was upset, whatever. Okay. Hey, it doesn't, it doesn't take that long. So they do the investigation. The investigation was over July 25th. They have the results of the investigation sitting there July 25th. And they let him coach camp. They let him coach the first two games. So last night they suspended him without pay. Oh, and by the way, when are they going to deal with this situation? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Yeah. October 5th. Really? October 5th? Wow. You've had the results since July 25th. And then they had a press conference last night, and they were asked about um, basically the timeline of this. and the invest- First of all, they tell you the investigation was finished July 25th. Then in answering it, a question say, well, it's still an ongoing investigation and new information came to light. You want to know what the new information that came to light happens to be? It got out. That's why they had the press conference last night. It got out. Ah. <sighs> 
it's just, you know, I mean, my, you know, the biggest problem is obviously Mel Tucker. Got it. He is taking the remaining $77 million, not a small number, and appears to be on the verge of flushing it down the drain. And, but Michigan State, the process is just so, I mean, I'm sorry, this process should not take seven months. It shouldn't take seven months. I could see it taking a couple of months. And then they're done with it, and they get the results of it July 25th. All right, well, you're looking around like, okay, now you find out all this stuff. Excuse me, what is going on here? Well, some new information came to light. Here's what new information came to light. The report came to light. (laughs) That's the new information. Everybody found out about it. We have to have a press conference. We're going to suspend it with pay. We're going to wait till October 5th. I'm sorry. You sit back and you say to yourself, this whole thing stinks. So that I'll just leave it at that. But, I, you know, it's all the way around, the whole thing. And Brenda Tracy, who operates a nonprofit company who tries to raise awareness about sexual misconduct, especially among college athletes, told the university investigators that Tucker Center gifts after she would date him if he wasn't married, and then perform phone sex, essentially, without her consent. And Tucker told investigators he took part in the behavior, but that was consensual. Okay. Your process is bad. Your process is flawed. Your excuses last night were lame. And that... I mean, I sit back and go, what What are you doing here? A, it took a long time. Why did it take seven months? Right, let's start with that. Then you get it. Right? Why didn't have, okay, let's have the university president look at it, the athletic director look at it, maybe the associate athletic director in charge of football, the provost, or the chief of staff, whomever it may be. Hey, everybody, let's talk about this. This is a big problem. We need to do something. We can't just let this sit. They let it sit. It's embarrassing. All the way, all the way around. Usually, you're the one that starts. By the way, Nicholas Singleton's dad, Tim, big fan of yours. Told me that Saturday. Really? I like. Said I like the other guy you work with. He says, "Yeah, he says some crazy things, but he's he seems pretty good." <laughs> hey, well, I, I appreciate the shout out, Nick Singleton's dad. There you go. You you want to know why Nicholas Singleton seems as grounded as he is? I'm not I'm not kidding. And all Jack and I, Jack Ham and I talked about this after after Tim left. I'm like, jeez, you want to talk about being around a father who's like just absolutely. Smart, grounded. Like you can see why Nick is the way he is. You know, with that kind of family structure. Wow. Um so there we go. 
Okay. We'll take a break. But look, just I get concerned about, okay, A, that it happened, B, the investigation taking so long. With no offense, it, it's not overly complicated. Okay, you interview the two people involved. You find out if there's any anything to corroborate this in some way, shape, or form. I mean, you, it takes seven months, right? Then you give the then you give the report. Investigation's done, and nobody does anything. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an emergency press conference is called. Well, new inf- information has come to light. No, the only thing that came to light was people found out you were doing the investigation and what it was about. That's why you had the press conference. Okay. Now you got to wait till October 5th for a resolution? Exactly what do you think the resolution is going to be? Come on. All right, we'll take a break. Your team was eh yesterday. I mean, seriously, eh. Your yeah. Quarterback, your quarterback was eh. Absolutely. Right? And your head coach still does things where I just sit back and go, where is the common sense? And that is my main rant of the day. I've got a message for Mr. Nick Sirianni. N'Kobe Dean, by the way, out multiple weeks, foot injury. Yeah, great. All right. Um, But, look, the guys are going to get banged up, so I'm just saying he's out. Just like uh, Conklin, the right tackle for the Browns, he's out for the rest of the season. So, And I thought the Giants were very impressive last night. They looked like ready for prime time. We'll come back with more in a moment here on... News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Okay. Um, I have a fourth down at about two and a half. And I understand the purpose of going for it. uh, with the idea I can end the game right there. But you always have to weigh risk and reward. I have the opportunity here to um, either, if I miss it on risk, it's a 52-yard drive and they need a touchdown, or I can punt the ball, and at, at the worst I'm going to end up with is 80 yards. Which one do you choose? The eighty yards, Earth to Nick Sirianni. I mean, I don't, I don't get what, what yeah, he does stuff for it. Well, I'm showing. Please, I'm sorry. You punt the ball, right? I don't mind other times you go for the whole thing. I, you know, position on the field, but I'm look. You got to look at the whole situation. You kick the ball away, right? The worst thing that happens, it goes in the end zone. They start at the twenty, right? With less, with seven seconds less to work with, right? On a day where your quarterback is not throwing the ball well, and on that pass play, he's late with it. That's why Gonzalez knocked it down. I mean, I don't know. Jalen Hurts did not see the field well yesterday. I mean, he really did not see the field well. He tried to take some deep shots during the course of the game, and he had guys roaming over the middle open. He kept throwing into doubles on deep patterns. I'm looking around like, what? heck is he doing? Yeah, Miss Goddard twice and the second time you missed Goddard, it could have been a touchdown and that could have put the game away. I mean, the only, I mean, you scored, what, two touchdowns in the game? One was a pick six yeah. on a really well-thrown ball by Mac Jones. 
I mean, that was a good that was a good ball by Jones. Is you know went off as is like a Kadarius Tony play. Hey, hey, but I thought the Giants were thought the Giants were in midseason form last night. <laughs> I, I was stunned by them and the Steelers of how bad they were yesterday. You know what's interesting about the Steelers? You had two quarterbacks, same draft. One's a first round pick. The other guy was the last pick in the entire draft. And this, let's face it, T.J. Watt played great yesterday. He's the one guy that did. I don't know. It was a very humbling and strange week one, I'll tell you that. Well, you get to watch Aaron Rodgers tonight, and next week, game day goes to Colorado. Yay. Ah, you're a guy. Getting it done. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be, they are the pros, pros. Just really great people. And Purdy, the Purdy group, they have just really great people. They're terrific pros. Customer service means everything. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Two quick notes on the Mel Tucker case before we get to Mike Gross. One is, now, there are rules when it comes to Title IX as to who knows what's going on. So it's not as if the university president and Alan Haller could have gone to the uh, investigator and say, hey, where are we on the investigation? You're not allowed to do that. So let's let's be fair about that. But the report was done on July 25th. They claim they only found out yesterday. Really? That's the part I have a lot of trouble with. Now, according to one report, the two of them, by the way, had 27 phone calls that averaged over 30 minutes. Okay. You wonder why you're under 500. All right. Okay. What a mess. What an absolute mess. Well, Saturday was not a mess for Penn State. Pete Delaware, Mike Gross joins us from Lancaster. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How's it going? Doing great. I appreciate uh, having you on the show today. My pleasure. Uh, as always, <laughs> do appreciate you very much. All right, so let's get to Saturday's performance. Uh, is it difficult is it difficult for you to look at a game like that following a game like West Virginia when you talk about game one to game two improvement and really get a gauge as to how much better a team was able to get? Yes. <laughs> In a word, yes. It's, it's very difficult. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I will say uh, a couple of things uh, about that, though. Uh, I thought you had two different opponents who tried to defend Penn State in very different ways and it was interesting to see how Drew Aller seemed utterly prepared for both of those styles uh, that, that was one thing that I think kind of impressed me and then I, I think one thing that nags at you a little bit is defending the run 
and, and again, you uh, with a grain, huge grain of salt, a boulder of salt because of the quality of the opponent. But uh, yeah, those are two things that uh, I, I think you maybe can take away from this, uh, even if you're grading on a curve. If Yarns had not broken off the 66-yard run, and he did, yep. but if yep. he had not broken off that run, would you have had a different thought process about defending the run? Well, yeah, probably, but but here's the thing. I thought West Virginia ran it pretty effectively. I thought more effectively than the uh, than the numbers indicated, uh, than the stats indicated, and and maybe got away from it a little too uh, a little prematurely. So so uh, that was a concern. Uh, but this is what I go back to with defending the run. You're right. It is one. It, it's it's just one play, but it, it was one play in which they made a huge mistake in terms of everybody being in their gap so i remember last year last year when when michigan did uh to penn state what they did on the ground and after the game james franklin uh, that was when he did his famous everybody wants to be aaron donald speech uh we got to get bigger and stronger but then manny diaz came back later and said you know you look at the film and you saw a lot of guys who were not in their gaps and didn't and were trying to do too much and not trusting uh, the guy next to them necessarily to just do their assignment. And then Penn State defended the run much better the rest of the year. And if you remember, the very next week was Minnesota, which had an All-American caliber running back and a very good offensive line, and that problem wasn't there. So maybe this is a maybe this is a learning experience. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, I think you make great points. Uh, what have you liked about this team through two games where you see where the progress is obvious and the potential is is there and could the potential be even greater in these areas you're about to talk about? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. A couple of things. Um, the offensive line doesn't seem like it's 100% healthy, but the depth that is such a critical issue uh, seems to uh, have come to the fore a little bit because of that, guys like uh, you know a Nick Dawkins or, or or people like that that have been very good. Uh, that's I, I think that's encouraging because the one thing about the offensive line that you always have to remember. This sounds sort of goofily simple, but you have to have five of them. You have to have five of them on the field all the time. So by it's the rules of football. So so having having that depth, I think, impresses me. I I don't think the wide receiver group is going to be the problem that a lot of people are not the problem but a potential issue let's say mm-hmm. that a lot of people thought going in I, I i was sort of bullish on that group i i i thought that was enough there were enough enough there that it would sort itself out and it looks like that uh, uh could be the case and then the other thing is their secondary is just outstanding it's got to be it's got to be one of the best in the country and and, and i'll grant you that uh, certainly West Virginia was not prepared to really test them, but uh, I, I don't think there are a whole lot of people on their schedule who are prepared to really test that bunch. Any read on Illinois to this point? I don't know if you watch Friday's game at Kansas or not, so I'll just open the, the question and, and see where you want to go with it. Uh, I did watch uh, a fair amount of that game. I, I think it's clear that at least at the moment, they're not what they were defensively last year. 
or even maybe the year before. Uh, uh, de- defensively, they and they did lose some some bodies. And they have a couple of outstanding guys. They have a couple of NFL players on that defense, but but the group had significant losses, and they haven't found answers to that at least yet. Kansas really ran up and down the field against them. Uh, uh, they do have a quarterback who can be da- who can make some plays with his arm and some plays with his legs. I have to see if I can find the young man's name. I can't think of his name, but but uh, he, he uh, so so I think that will be an interesting sort of some of the things that yeah Luke uh, Luke Altmaier uh, yeah. some of the mm-hmm. things that West Virginia were, were was able to do uh, in the run game maybe Illinois will be able to do too. Uh, but you know, I I I don't think Illinois is as good as they were last year, and they were tough last year. They were really tough out. I mean, eight wins, and they really uh, they would say should have beat Michigan and uh, gave good people good games. And uh, right now, they're not they're not there yet. Yeah, and part of that too was you know they had a first round pick at corner uh, yep. who ended up going to Seattle. I mean, no question. Uh, and what, what a struck, player he was, man! Uh, his, when you if you watch the yeah. NFL draft, that yeah. when they showed highlights, that guy's film jumped off the jumped the, you know, at your eyeballs as well as anybody in the whole draft. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. No, no, I no. This, <laughs> on this show, we lead the league and digress. We just talk. Yeah. It's conversation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I want to get to Katrine Allen for a moment. Yep. Nicholas Singleton will get uh, the credit for three touchdowns. We all know the quality of running back he is. Drew was 22 and 26. What did you think of Katron Allen's performance going over 100 yards? Well, he, he, did, what he, he did what he very consistently does. I, I, thought, I thought there was an, uh, the only difference from what he does every single week is I thought there was a little bit of a conscious effort to feature him. Uh, and and uh, he started, which he doesn't normally do. Uh, James uh, talked him up a lot during the week. Uh, you know, it's 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 funny. Through the first three or four weeks of last season, Nick Singleton, because he is so fast and so strong and so explosive. I mean, at one point, three or four weeks into the season, I think he was leading the country in yards per carry, and I'm not sure he had broken a tackle yet. And Catron Allen is just quietly turning a three-yard run into a six-yard run over and over and over. And I I thought as the season went on, Nick got a lot better at learning the Catron Allen thing, how to make people miss, how to stop and go, how to be patient, uh, how to get that extra yard after contact or yards after contact. Nick became more like Catron, but Catron, I mean, he's just money in the bank. He's just kept kept doing his thing. The only difference I see this year from last year is I think uh, uh, he really got serious about conditioning. So now he's a he's a stronger, more solid, probably a little bit more explosive athlete, but the same player. I mean, this is, you know, Penn State, I don't want to say they hit the lottery because they, they recruited very wisely with these two kids, but man, they are really getting their return on, return on the investment here. They, 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 those guys are just outstanding football players. I mean, that's why I always laugh at his nickname, his nickname, which is from being a baby. It's Fat Man. Yeah, I... Well, he's 222 pounds and his, what, body fat's like 4 to 8%. I mean, come on. (laughs) I do. I know. I know. I do do this thing called the Market Report uh, for Monday's paper. Just always kind of funny stuff, you know. And I referred to him as... uh, I referred to him in the Market Report as 
the erstwhile fat man who is no longer a fat man. <laughs> <laughs> but he likes being go. called that. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe he's not erstwhile. Maybe I should have taken yeah. erstwhile. I just uh, like that it, word. Yeah. <laughs> And erstwhile is a brilliant word to use, by the way. I mean, it, it comes off as intelligent. It comes off as forward-thinking. How about that? And it really just means former. Of course. <laughs> but I like to so throw that, it in there. When I get yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I know people look at this as, as the start of conference play. I got that. But the reality is, isn't it, Mike, that... It doesn't matter whether it's conference play or not conference play. They're play, they're playing for bigger things than not just the conference. Yeah, that's right. They, it's and it's you know you, you you play twelve games. It's fifty two weeks a year of of being a Penn State football player, but you play twelve games. You pay, you have to show up for all twelve, and you have to and 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 it really is about. I think more than any year since James has been here, it's about something beyond the conference. That's that's exactly right, and certainly that's what the fan base is uh, is saying. And that's one of my that was one of my big takeaways from Saturday was the fan base. The announced crowd, 108,000, which I think was pretty accurate uh, for an FCS opponent with that weather forecast. I mean, it's almost that they've always had a gargantuan fan base, but I think we're almost yeah. at another level right now. I mean, they're remarkable. I mean, they yep. are remarkable. Now yeah, that I was get... a... Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, I, I, I think that was a little bit of a, a, a surprise. I mean, you expect, of course, you expected a good crowd. You always do. But that good in that, in that, uh, in that context, pretty impressive. Very impressive. You have the opportunity to go down... And when they they bring out select players, but they bring out a dozen players, if I recall yeah, correctly, do. down there. Roughly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've had back-to-back weeks where it's not like you've talked to 24 players, but you've talked to a few. Right? Yep. What is sure. your thought process on the maturity of the players that you are talking to on this football team to get a read in that regard? Um, it, it's It's better than ever on on the other hand uh sometimes i wish they were a little less mature and they'd say a little bit crazier stuff <laughs> if yeah. that makes any sense. i mean they've certainly been they've certainly been trained in how to deal with the media but but a really good example of this is is drew aller because uh as soon as he comes in the room and he comes in the room early he's one of the first guys in and they put him up front where james franklin sits and he immediately gets inundated with cameras and microphones and 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 people sticking stuff in in his face, sticking the recording equipment in his face immediately. And uh, uh, man, is he is he good at it? He's and and so I mean, and right away he is there. There are all the aspects of the job of being a quarterback. He seems really advanced at. And it's funny, I, I was. Uh, I, I drive my carpool buddy is Dave Jones of, of Penn Live and the Harrisburg Patriot, mm-hmm. and we we got in the car to drive home, and that's one of the first things Dave said. He said, "Man, is Aller good? Is he smooth?" And he's he just all he checks all the boxes. And for quarterbacks, there's a lot of boxes. There's a lot of boxes even beyond what just goes on in the field. But he's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. Uh, showed a few things on uh, Saturday, uh, including. 
He ended up running for 27 yards in the game. Quarterback sneak off the T formation. How important was it for them to put a couple of things on tape for people to see? Yeah, I think uh, that's that's true. And he looks he looks to me he looks leaner after this winter in the in the conditioning program. He looks leaner and a little more athletic, a little more explosive. And uh, uh, that is, you know, I think maybe only two or three planned runs in the first two games. But why would you do a lot of that, <laughs> in, given the game situations? And the other piece of that is what they showed uh, uh, future opponents with uh, Bo Pribula, and, yeah. and what he can what he can do in the running game. And 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 again, James. James is increasingly coaching through the media. I think I think he's getting more and more comfortable doing that, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, he threw out the possibility that hey, we might come up with a package for Drew. So you got to prepare for that. You don't know what you're going to get from us. So yeah, I thought that was significant. Well, everything you do with us is always significant, and we appreciate it very much, <laughs> my friend. Thanks so much, Mike. Look forward to seeing you as the week goes. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Steve. Mike Gross from Lancaster. Not Lancaster. Lancaster. This is our this is our state. We have our own pronunciations. Which I prefer. Just like Lebanon, not Lebanon, right next door. Yeah. To Lancaster. Or or how about Turbot, Bill? Yes. Alright. So uh let's see. Okay, Berlin. New Berlin. Correct. Du Bois. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the suit keeps wanting to be sophisticated and call it Dubois. Like as in Blanche Dubois. That's who he, I think he thinks that's who it's named after. S U I T that spells suit. <laughs> he wanted to put an E on the end so it's sweet. <laughs> Confession to make. I actually Call Dubois Dubois when I was first a freshman at Clarion before I was rightfully told by my uh, fellow students that were from that area that no, that's not the pronunciation. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> the number of people who come here for the first time and think it's Belafonte. That's true. Not Belfont. Okay. Right. The problem okay. with that is the GPS yeah, that is, messes that one up because the GPS says Belafonte. Hmm. At least my GPS does. Yes, your GPS also takes you to Belfont through Warren and Kane. All right, so we'll come back <laughs> with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Penn State, Illinois, Saturday, noon, 10.30, the airtime at Eagle 107. And again, back to, to Mel Tucker for a moment. Again, I am well aware because I've had to take these tests uh, at Penn State on Title IX. I do know that, for example, during the course of the investigation, there's no way the president or the athletic director would know what is going on. Okay? Because those are the rules. And I understand because I've, ta- you know, because of. Uh, you, I, I'm not going, Matt. I'm not going to go into the long list of tests I've had to take <laughs> over time. You have to take a bunch of them, you know, Clary Act and Ferba, and uh, and so forth. In that in title, I've had to take the Title IX test. Um, 
and so forth. So I do understand the rules of it. Um, but there is a point where the thing is done July 25th. Okay, At some point you have to know about it, and it's just, I can't imagine that six and a half weeks later, that's when you found out? I think what happened was it got out, and they had to do it. And that, that's been my point about what, what they did or didn't do at Michigan State. See what I'm saying? So I do understand why they would not have known, at least up until July 25th. That part I get uh, completely um, because I know what the rules are because I've had to take the test on the rules. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, NFL yesterday. Uh, let, let's get to a couple points on that. The Steelers obviously played a, uh, well, I mean, that was a poor game. I mean, no getting around it. And it's interesting. I've talked about this for a while, and I'm not saying the last pick in the draft, you know, is going to have all these advantages. You're not. You're the last pick in the draft for a reason. Um, but usually a quarterback... I'll give you a good example. Dan Marino had tremendous talent, right? Tremendous talent. But one of the great advantages he had in his career, and it was a great advantage, is while it was a great 30 for 30 about how he dropped down to, what what was he, 26th, Matt? 26th overall pick in the draft, something like that, right? 26, 27. And they kept talking about what it was like, and Marvin Demoff was going through his notes and so on and so forth about that particular day and how it was playing out. And it's a fascinating 30 for 30. They did a marvelous job with it on ESPN. But my point is uh, he was so fortunate because who he went to. He went to a team that was a winning organization, a winning team that actually already had players in place. Kenny Pickett went, what, 20th overall to a team that was like middle of the road and was about to change quarterbacks and it was going to be dramatic. It was about to be dramatic. And Brock Purdy, now look, he's the last overall pick in the draft. Okay, so that's obvious. We know that that is obvious. Okay. Got it. But... But he also went to a team with Debo Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle. They acquired Christian McCaffrey. Okay, He's surrounded by great talent. An offensive line. I mean, you want to talk about having some things going your way? Not so bad. It's like when the suit walks in the booth, he's got the chief. (laughs) There he is. There it is. Yeah. It's great to have that kind of great talent around you.
Happy for Katron Allen on Saturday. Played well again. Your home for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley. We are WKOK Sunbury.